Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. So I think we've mentioned succession planting on the podcast before, but just in passing, and it's one of those fancy gardening terms you hear thrown around from time to time. But here at Rooting For You, we're all about breaking down these gardening barriers and giving it to you straight. So today we're talking about succession planting. Elise, what is succession planting and why should we be interested in it? The basic idea behind it is to stagger sow your seeds so that they, your plants mature at different times. How this looks in practice is you grow a batch of lettuces and then a couple of weeks later you plant some more lettuces and a couple of weeks later you plant some more lettuces. So then when they come to harvest, you don't have 40 lettuces already on the same day. You have a couple of lettuces that are ready and you eat them one week and then mm-hmm. a couple of weeks later the next batch of lettuces are ready and you eat them. So it's a way to really ensure you have a continuous crop of food. Just thinking about my rocket at home, which mm. I put them all in at the same time, mm. and then you get – they're all like those quite big leaves mm. now, and if yeah. you like the smaller rocket, then succession planting could have worked. Exactly. And now you might have, yeah, too much rocket in the big leaf stake, yeah. none of the little, and then when it goes to seed, it's all going to go to seed at the same time, and mm. then you're going to have no rocket. Yep. So it is – a really handy technique, especially when we are, you know, wanting to reduce our grocery bill. Like it is handy to think about succession planting. I will say though, I don't think this is something that real beginners need to worry about. Mm. I think at the start, you just want to nail something. Yeah. Like the thought of having too much lettuce or too <laughs> much rocket, you know, that's kind of not your problem. Yeah. So if you're really haven't nailed a few decent-sized crops or decent-sized harvest to date, don't worry about this. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about this. But if you're at the point that you've kind of, you know, you're getting a few wins and you are getting to the point where you've got more rocket in the patch than what you know what to do with at that point and you've got a bit of a feast or famine situation, Mm. which I am getting a bit better at now, but for many years I definitely had that. Sometimes I'd have way too much of something that I could eat and if it's something like chilies I'm cool with that because I'm pretty confident preserving that to last Mm -hmm. something like lettuce there's only so much we can do with lettuce before it bolts yeah we're having salads for dinner every dinner exactly there's (laughs) only so much salad one can eat so if you found yourself in a feast or famine situation ever with the garden you are at the stage in your gardening development that you should start thinking about succession planting. Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't. I mean, do whatever you want, right? Yeah, but like, well, you could. You, <laughs> you might be could. interested. <laughs> I will also preface this by saying I am terrible at this. I am so bad not, at it. I think not because you're bad at it but because you don't. I just don't you, do it. You just don't do it. I just don't do it. <laughs> I am a – like when I guarded – I'll do eight hours at a time. Yeah, you're hard and fast. I'm hard and fast. I'm not doing a little bit every day. And you kind of got to be the person that's doing a little bit often to really get good at this. Yeah. And that's not me. 
But that's fine. But for a lot of people, I think this will be handy. Or at least if you understand it, then you can choose, hey? What would you say would be the best beginner crops to start succession planting with? Yes. I mean, like salad greens. Good options for beginners. Radishes. Yes. Brilliant. Lettuces. Sprouting broccoli. Carrots. Basil. Coriander. Beans, both types. Rocket. All the mustards. Bok choy, all the Asian greens. Spring onions. Silver beet. And... You'd mentioned from seed, mm. but effectively you could go out oh, yeah. to the nursery and you buy. You could off to the nursery every yeah. week. You can buy another part of the seedlings, absolutely. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you want to do. Or you live down the road from a nursery. Who go knows? for but, it, exactly. Well, but, yeah. but from seed it's probably most common. I would say from seed it's most common. Okay. For multiple reasons, right, because if you say lettuces, let's just use that because that's probably the most common thing that people succession plant. If you go to the nursery and get a punnet of lettuce seedlings, you know, minimum eight, it could be up to 12 in there. Mm. If you plant all 12 lettuces, you're not planting 12 lettuces every two weeks. Yeah. Or if you are, you're turning into a farmer, right? Like (laughs) that's a lot of lettuce. So it's usually just a couple of plants every couple of weeks. Mm. So often the seedling thing doesn't quite work out for it. Yeah, sure. The other good thing about succession planting is not just, you know, spreading your food out throughout the year. It's also a bit of an insurance policy because if you have really tiny seedlings and you get a bunch of slugs come through the place and destroy them all, if you've got other ones that are different sizes, sometimes those plants will have survived. Or if you've got, you know, a tray of seedlings you contain a growing, Mm. maybe they were protected from the slugs so then they can go out. So it's often that if you get damages or there's problems in the garden, it doesn't ruin your whole crop. It'll just ruin a certain life stage of the crop. So there's, I should say, there's two ways to succession plant. There's literally leaving space in the garden bed and putting seeds or seedlings in every couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and moving kind of along the garden bed. Or you contain a grow, presumably from seed, in your little greenhouse set up elsewhere or on your kitchen windowsill. And then as plants, as the lettuces, as you eat them, you pull them out and then you transfer the seedlings into the spot where the lettuces were. Oh, yeah. So in that situation, you're actually getting a lot more food for your buck. But those aren't the cut and come again ones. No, that would be... Like the heading ones. The heading ones, yeah. yeah. The cut and come again ones, sure, you're not going to pull the whole plant out intentionally, but perhaps they've gone to seed. Yeah, okay. And then you take them out yep. for that reason. Having said that, you could obviously pull your lettuces out that have gone to seed and then put seeds in where they were. But mm. if you really want to get maximum bang for your buck, the container grow first. Yeah. But, I mean, this is one of the benefits of container grow that we talk about regardless of succession time. planting. Yeah. Exactly. You get extra time. But with succession planting, it kind of – gives you even more time so you often see it discussed in that context. Mm -hmm. The key thing I need beginners to remember with succession planting is some crops like lettuce make brilliant candidates for succession planting. Other crops, it would actually be detrimental to try and succession plant them. Explain that a little bit. Examples are chilies, pumpkins and tomatoes, right? Early spring, what's the thing I want everyone to do is get their tomatoes, their pumpkins, their chilies in as early as possible. Mm. So if you're not getting them in as early as possible, they won't get the chance to do all their growing. So if you took a succession planting approach, say you want to grow 
two tomatoes and you take a succession planning approach. You put one in early spring and then you put one in, I don't know, two, three weeks later. All that's going to happen is that second one's going to give you less tomatoes because mm. it had less time in its optimal growing temperature. Mm-hmm. So the tomatoes, if you growing indeterminate types and if that is foreign to you go listen to our tomato episodes (laughs) they will just keep fruiting while it's hot so if you plant them later there's just less warm weather for them to fruit and you're just going to get less tomatoes Mm. it's going to be of no benefit for you in fact it's going to be a detriment Mm -hmm. so there's some crops you need to get in as soon as you can given the weather Mm -hmm. other crops are perfect for succession planting a pumpkin, for example, takes ages on the vine. Mm. So if we don't get it in early enough, we're not going to give it enough time to fully ripen and create a pumpkin. The other thing with a pumpkin is it'll store on your bench happily for weeks, if not months. Yeah. So there's no point thinking, oh, well, I want this pumpkin to ripen two weeks later because you could have just sat it in the house for those it, two weeks. Yeah. There's no gain to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stick with the list that I've given you, greens, obviously make up quite a lot of that. Yeah. Greens also work with succession planning because often they're not fussed about the warmth or the cold. So again, something like lettuce or something like rocket or mustard's bok choy, we can grow those throughout winter and throughout summer or throughout all four seasons. So it makes sense we can just continually succession plant. Yeah. And so just thinking about categories, Mm. so the greens are good for succession planting. The fruiting ones are not good because they need lots of time in the ground and they will also live and ripen in your house. Yeah. And also I imagine the rooting vegetables like potatoes, carrots, beetroots, they just stay happily in the ground. You don't need to rush to get them out. So there'd be no point in succession planting them either. Mm. Yes and no. So beetroots, for example, I completely agree. There's no point in succession planting them because they'll just happily hang out in the ground for as long as you need. Mm -hmm. Potatoes, they don't like the cold weather or the frost, so you actually probably wouldn't want to succession plant potatoes because you need them to get their full growing done before it gets cold. So they can't – and remember back in when we talked about the companion planting, sorry, the crop rotation, potatoes are actually in the tomato and the eggplant family, not the root veg family. So they're kind of separate. But your radishes, your carrots, things like that – they're really great candidates, onions, turnips, swedes, they're great candidates for succession planting. Oh, okay. Because if they stay in the ground too long, they can get quite woody. Yeah, right, okay. And if you think about radishes, they go hard and fast, but if they get too big, they actually get quite woody and very bitter and horrible and not nice. So, in fact, if there was one crop that just screams succession planting as radishes – I'm not going to harp on about it because I don't think everyone needs like a year-long supply of radishes. I think the salad <laughs> greens are probably more important. So I think as a whole, root vegetables, excluding potatoes kind of, root vegetables make really good candidates. All the greens make really good candidates. Anything leafy green, whether it be cooked or raw. I really like sprouting broccoli as a succession planter. This mm. is the one crop that I actually do consciously try and manage the succession planting because I love sprouting broccoli. I grow so much of it. Mm. I'm obsessed with it. But I do find I get like two months of insane sprouting broccoli. It's all I'm eating. But I would like longer than two months. Longer than two months, right? (laughs) Yeah. Problem with the broccoli family, which includes obviously our cabbages, 
our kales, that kind of thing, we've got the dreaded cabbage moth. Mm. So theoretically you can succession plant those all year round except for Brussels sprouts because as discussed in the Brussels sprout episode, they need the cold weather. The rest of them we could keep going but because of the cabbage moths, we're just not going to try and grow them through summer. Mm -hmm. So with that, you can succession plant them within reason. Mm -hmm. Like we're not going to keep succession planting them all year like our lettuces. Gotcha. Yeah. But exactly as you said, the fruiting crops – Pretty much all of them we're not going to succession plant. Mm-hmm. Here's my other little caveat. And I'd be interested, some of you may actually know exactly what I'm talking about. Cucumbers and zucchinis are a continuous cropper like a tomato. But what I find, what a lot of people find is they actually run out of steam a bit earlier. Oh, okay. Than what the season allows. So I often find I plant my tomatoes and my zucchinis at the same time in mid-spring. I find by early autumn, the tomatoes are just hitting their strides, mm. but the zucchinis have actually, they've gone hard and fast and they're almost carking it. So yeah. that, and that happens with zucchinis and cucumbers. They're in the same family, so that kind of makes sense. So for those ones, I do quite like doing a spring plant whatever time in spring you can get them in the ground, and that depends on your frost situation, and then a summer plant as well, early summer plant. Okay. So that would be like maybe six weeks between them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You're not going every one or two weeks, Mm. but having one crop and then six weeks later getting another crop in of both those will do you in good stead to have a, Hmm. a longer run. Did you find your zucchini just kept growing? I'm trying to think when it stopped. It did uh, – I can't remember. Because often the powdery mildew is the thing that ends Stops the life. It. Yeah. So, again, if we've got – if we can succession plant them, the younger plant's going to be less susceptible to that. So it's yeah, going to get a bit yeah, of a better right. run. Okay. So those two tend to, quite well. The other thing is because, as we've seen when we grow them, we get – produce so fast with a zucchini like it's going to be one of the first fruiting crops you're going to be eating that you've planted in the spring because they deliver so quickly you do have time to get the second crop in unlike example the pumpkin Mm. it needs the whole season yeah so it's a really good technique for people to think about but if used incorrectly will be detrimental and just not worth it if used incorrectly because well, you run even, out of time in your, in, in your yeah, garden. But not and, even not worth it, like actively bad. Because the last thing you want to do is spend all this time cultivating a tomato plant that doesn't fruit. <laughs> yes. That would As be a we, we are not in the tomato leaves business, we're in the tomato business. <laughs> Wonder where you got that quote from. <laughs> so I don't reckon we need a squeezy juice for this. I think if it works for you and your lifestyle and your garden, get around it. If you're just stoked to be... Growing a tomato, growing a zucchini, that sounds great too. Exactly. (laughs) But what's most important is you understand what it means now. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. And look, maybe sometimes you'll do it and other times you won't. And for some crops and not others. Exactly, exactly. Do what you will, but here's the information. (laughs) Go forth. Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess. You can find us on Instagram at Rooting for You Pod or email rootingforyou at elisealexandra.com.